All right, this time of year, it is very easy to get caught up in the goals. <laughs> Hashtag goals. <laughs> and what we can do in life and you know things we can accomplish. Of course, this time of year being that lull between Christmas and New Year. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially we're headed into a new decade now. So it's like, okay, there's all this pressure to do and to... Uh, to accomplish things. And I think we get so caught up in the next things, particularly mm-hmm. in life, that we forget the primary things, the first things, the the uh, the, the fundamental first yes. things that, that God is calling us to. Yeah. And a conviction that we felt is uh, even in recent days and weeks, I've been caught up in, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And mm. forgetting that forgetting the first things altogether and it's how can I expect to know next things if I'm abandoning first things mm, so good right so there's all kinds of implications for that in life and in marriage and family and what's important to God therefore what should be important to us and that is the point of this episode Woo. so we will see you on the other side welcome to the fierce marriage podcast where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage sex communication finances priorities purpose and everything in between Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. First things first. (laughs) I was waiting if you wanted to start. (laughs) So that's one of those phrases that we hear often. Um, And again, like we said in the intro, being the time of year that it is, it's perhaps of relevant importance to revisit exactly what we mean by first things, Mm. right? So we can actually move forward into next things in a way healthier way, in a way more Christ-focused, gospel-centered way. And so we're going to talk through kind of what what should be our first things as a married couple, how can we get on the same page there? And then we actually have four, I think five actually tangible kind of steps to take as you're thinking through this process for your life and for your marriage. Yes. I'm so, looking yeah. forward to it because I feel like I can easily just collapse under this pressure and then want to do nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so it's really great to have some perspective, some boundaries, some structure, all with the assurance of God is sovereign and he's going to walk me through this next year of life no matter what. And I've just mm-hmm. got to trust him and I'm doing my best right now to to find peace no matter the chaos, to set the boundaries in order for the growth and freedom to happen that He he's determined for us. Mm. And putting his things first is just, there's glory to him. It covers all the bases and you thrive in it, right? It, it's, it's all glory to him. We get to experience peace, uh, joy. We get to be sanctified, which may not always be fun, but it's good. So I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be ministering to my own heart. Before we go there, remember to rate and review uh, the Fierce Marriage Podcast if you don't mind. That helps us out a ton. Also, if you want to partner, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There are goodies for doing that. If you have a question, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. We answer those questions about once a week through a quick Q&A on Thursdays. Okay, so this this week's topic, I think we're going to title it First Things and Next Things. Mm. All right, as I mentioned in the intro... I was sitting down. I love this part of the year, this time of year, because like the 21st, 22nd hits, it's the shortest day of the year. <laughs> you have, you're just gaining daylight. If, yeah. if, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Coming out of the cave, the dark cave. If you're in the Nor- <laughs> yes. If you're in Australia, it's the, it's the lightest day of the year. <laughs> but for us in the Northern Hemisphere, it means that it's only getting brighter from here on out. Mm-hmm. And then you have Christmas, which is like, it's just a storm of activity. <laughs> the kids love it. We love it. It's great, but it's busy and it's tiring and exhausting. Then you have this lull between Christmas and New Year. Mm. And New Year's is my birthday, by the way. So I have that anticipation baby. happening. I, I'm really excited about it. Not necessarily my birthday, but I mean, you just I, like your birthday. Everybody likes their birthday. We do really fun. Like we go, <laughs> we go to a local island. It's it's a you take a ferry to it, and we just go get breakfast there, and then we play with on the, one of the playgrounds, and then we come back. It's like one of my favorite days of the year because it's almost <laughs> always nice, yeah. and I love my family, and we get to spend time together. It's great. So um, sweet. Yeah. So I love this time of year. And so I'm, I was sitting down kind of writing down, okay, what, you know, what's the, what is God going to do? Like, how can I have big vision for, you know, stewarding what God has put in our hearts and what he's the ministry he's allowed us to have. And, uh, you know, stewarding your, your time listener, how do we teach well and, you know, courses and all that sort of stuff. And, and then I just felt so convicted because I realized that I had been neglecting my quiet time. <laughs> like, for weeks, probably, because we got busy with the holidays, and it's just like, I look at my journal, it's been like two weeks since I've written down anything. And it's I was crazy, just like, yeah. how can I expect, yeah. 
how can I expect to to take right steps into the next things if I'm completely neglecting first things? Mm-hmm. And so I got to thinking about what are first things mm. and how can we as a family keep first things, primary things uh, at the center so that when we do finally pull a trigger and God gives us a direction mm-hmm. so that we do move into next things, it's not just arbitrary. They're not just goals we plucked out of thin air. Right. I want to do, you know, I want to do this fitness goal or this financial goal or this job goal or this whatever goal. A lot of times we pluck those out of thin air because we just happen to scroll would, past something on Instagram. Well, yeah, I would argue they're not out of thin air. I think they're just out of more out of an emotional um, hmm. uprising, right? A okay. More of a yeah. feeling, more of just kind of a fleeting like motivation yeah. and not necessarily rooted in... They can be, but I, I think the the perspective here is not going outward in, but inward, inward out, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And so, okay, I take that. It's not, not everything is out of thin air per se, but it might not be out of the first things. Right. And so, uh, I, I guess just to lay the ground, the groundwork for this, what is a first principle? Okay. Thinking philosophically, okay. There are things called first principles, right? Or first things. Mm -hmm. And basically it's a proposition or assumption that cannot be deduced from any other proposition or assumption. So in philosophy, for example, uh, first principles are from a first cause, right? Their attitude, this is a specifically at attitudes and, um, it's taught by Aristotelians, students of Aristotle, and then Kant came on and, and nuanced it even further uh, in their, into his postulates, right? So uh, Aristotle said this regarding the first cause, okay? So I'm quoting this from Physics, one of Aristotle's works. Right? He said that there must be an, uh, an immortal, unchanging being ultimately responsible for all wholeness and orderliness in the sensible world. Sensible meaning things I can touch and feel with my senses, right? See f- touch, taste, all that kind of stuff. Mm, five senses. And so he's saying that what, what remains, he's asking the question is what remains, all right, when everything else is boiled away, what is the very first, like what is the essence, the beginning mm. of all this? Of course, for Christians, right, we have a worldview that's not just sense, sensory, right? right? We believe there 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 is a God and he is spirit, he is triune, and he is not accessible to our senses. We can't see him. We can't taste him, touch him, hear him all the time. Uh you know, whatever the senses are. And so we believe that he is our, if everything is reduced down, we have God and, and we have God's word. Namely, mm-hmm. we reduce, go down to the source of God's word. We have God himself. So upon, it's upon him, our first cause that we build upon, that he is our rock, our first thing that everything else is birthed out of, right? Mm. Is everything c- comes from him, not only our own lives, but every ought, ought not, right? Mm. Things that should and shouldn't be. Right. We have, uh, uh, let's see. So, but with him, we have his revealed word, right? His authority, a solid path forward to right living. Mm. We have a foundation. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like without a Christian world, I don't want to get too like, <laughs> I don't want to get like too apologetical here, but without a Christian worldview, we have no presupposition. Right. Like, we have no reason to say like this should or shouldn't be. You can make, you can try. I'm going to say try. You can try to make arguments mm-hmm. based on whatever your worldview is that, Hey, this is for the better good of all humanity. Therefore it's better. Well, now I'd say, well, why is better better? Why can't worse be better? What's mm. better for you? Why do I care if it's better for you? If it's not better for me. So like it quickly, if you start asking hard questions, it, it crumbles. Yeah. yeah. But with, with God of the Bible, we don't have that problem. Mm. We actually have a sound foundation, a rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's the word rock there for a reason. He's a rock, <laughs> right? He's not going to crumble. He's not right. going to go away. It's weighty, it's substantial, it's there, and it's and it's unchanging. And so now we can start moving forward now that we know, okay, here's what first things are. What does that mean specifically for us as Christ followers, as a married couple? So you're saying that first things are just the boiled down, taking everything away is God, right? Yeah. Well, God is the first. Specifically God's word, because okay. God's word is how he's revealed himself to us. So right. he... You know, there's there's general revelation, there's special revelation. Special revelation is that for that uh, that is that um, which is useful for his soteriological purposes, right? For our salvation. Okay. Okay. And then we have general revelation. This idea that we have this innate sense of God, the uh, sensus divinitatus, I think is what they called it in uh, in Bible school, <laughs> which I'm currently in. <laughs> if you uh, can't tell, <laughs> sorry to use these words, but they're they're. As long I think, as you define them, you can use whatever you want. I think our audience is can't is tracking that's what i'm saying so there's this innate sense that okay god there's something out there god exists right who is this god and the sense that i need him right okay but it's without special revelation without god's word namely the special revelation as fulfilled in christ 
I'm hopeless right. for salvation. So general revelation is, is enough to condemn us. Special revelation is what is necessary to save us. And, and the beauty of it is we have God's word, which is the culmination of all these things that now is our foundational piece. Now, if you strip away God's word, we have God himself, right? Theology mm-hmm. proper, who is God? It's the study of God himself. Mm. That's, I think, a little bit less. It's harder to, to apply, like, practically. So we're going to ask, based on God's word, and that's really all we have, and that's what we should root our lives in, as authoritative, mm-hmm. how, or what is our first, what are our first things as a couple? Gotcha. So we're going we're gonna to answer those generally, but I do want to preface this. We're going to come out with five. There's going to be five specific ways forward through this as a family, fierce listener, that you can talk and, and mm. process through these things and hopefully come out the other end with some clarity and some conviction based on these first things. Well, and I think it's important to remember our perspective. Like all, all of... I mean, you said this before when we were talking before we started recording about, you could say this about all of our episodes that we really are trying, the big picture here is, you know what, to A, to glorify God, B, you know, when we glorify God, we are probably being sanctified by God in that right. process, right? And it's And we want to be able to, it's not about just like checking the box of the first things, but trusting that those first things that God has... Mm-hmm commanded for us uh we're trusting that there's a bigger picture there's an eternal uh part to this piece right and Mm, like it's not when he says seek first you know his kingdom and his righteousness you know it's not about just going to the bible every day and 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 seeking what you can get from it it's 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 more than that it's allowing god's word to penetrate your heart and your soul and it's absorbing everything that he's saying, mm-hmm. everything that every bit of who he is, we're allowing the Holy spirit to kind of come and infiltrate our lives at that point. And so when that happens though, I think it's like the seeds in our hearts are getting planted. They're being watered and then growth comes from that. And we can't just, ant- we can't anticipate that. So I think oh. when we're just doing the first things, it's not a list of like, these are the first things you have to do. God's saying these are foundational and first because Things are going to grow from here that you can't anticipate. Things are going to grow from here yeah. that are going to go on into eternity. Things are going to grow here that you never thought possible. And so, like, when we talk about impossible dreams and things in our hearts, like, I feel like that is what right. God is talking about in terms of, like, I'm going to make the impossible possible for you. And you're not going to understand it, but you have to just trust me in these first things. And we want to walk away from it when it doesn't feel good. We want to walk away from it when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But trusting that the first things are there are made the first things for a reason. And how's that evidenced in our lives? I think is what I want to get at because I think by, by virtue of people listening to this podcast, they probably would say, yeah, absolutely. God's word is the rock or, you know, Christ is the rock, the cornerstone of the church. God's word is that solid foundation. I have to trust that. Right. But functionally, we oftentimes will say, oh yeah, that's a great rock. I think of the parable when Jesus or Jesus said, uh, build your house on the rock, right? He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does, does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's Matthew seven twenty four, And he, and he's saying you build your house. It's not just, you recognize the rock and say, oh, that's a beautiful rock, but you build your house on it. Right. You actually apply it. So well, that's what times, I mean by like trusting it. Right. But a lot of times functional, and that's what I'm getting at is we'll say, oh, that's a great rock. Yes. Hard rock is good. And <laughs> however, I'm going to go build my house on the sand because I really believe the sand is where the beautiful like scenery is going to be. <laughs> Sand's little rocks, it's right? It's going to be. I thought, that's right. That's <laughs> it's great. a bunch of little rocks. <laughs> that's true. And our, our rocks are much smaller than God's uh-huh. rock and they tend to be washed away by the, the storms of life right. a lot more quickly. And so that would look like, all right, God is the foundation. However... I'm going to build my life in a way that actually answers this deeper question that I don't believe Christ is my Mm. identity. So I'm going to go try to find my identity elsewhere. Not going to build it on God's word because I'm not going to actually functionally study God's word. I'm not going to functionally apply it in my life, in the life of our marriage and our family. Or maybe I'm going to just labor harder at work because I want to get that financial goal I've been going for. Or I'm going to go to the gym because that'll make me feel better. That'll make me feel like I'm worth something, so on and so forth. So what we're saying here is... Yes, Christ, the, God's word is his rock, is the rock, his, uh, we're called to build our house on it. Now let's actually, people, let's build our house on this rock. Right. Let's actually do it. Selena said what you said, trusting that when we do that, the view is actually far better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and there's so much more to be had that you can't anticipate. So I think that's yeah. just a word of encouragement to not walk away from God's word when it 
really clashes with either your decisions or your priorities or how you understand, you know, your marriage covenant and how to love each other. It's God's word is our authority in this. Mm-hmm. And it's creating these first things, which our life is going to flow out of. And so, right. you know, what is it? Proverbs three is like, seek, not seek first. It's seek first. The kingdom the, of God, it's desires. No, no, no. Oh, it's, yeah. it's when the Lord gives you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We're, we haven't looked that one up, but it, uh, it's a very obvious one that everybody knows. Delight yourself in the Lord. There it is. He will give you the desires of your <laughs> there heart. There it is. Yeah. But he will give you, he will plant those seeds of desires. Right. And those, that's what we're, we're building our house on, on him because then he will give us the desires. He will give us the, th- give us the things that we should want that our hearts are really longing for. I want a for. nuance. I, that's my word. I want to, I want to add to what you're I saying. I like your nuances. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's not about getting things. It's about having our, our, it's not about getting things or accomplishments or whatever. No. It's about having our actual desires given to us. Yes. Is what you're saying. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So we, the first part is not to be looked over. Delight yourself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like when you delight in something, I, I, we have a, a three month old baby at home. I delight in her. Mm-hmm. I just want to look at her. I just want to just nuzzle her. her. Time just, flies when you're with her. Just spend time with her, make her giggle. I want to give her kisses. I want to give her snuggles. All those things. I'm delighting <laughs> in her. And when we do that with God, <laughs> when we are delighting in God and saying, you are all I care about. Mm-hmm. You are all I want. I am completely content in this moment with you. Mm-hmm. Our very desires are flipped upside down. And mm-hmm. The things that matter to the world shouldn't matter to us in the same way. They start to not matter. They start to fade away. Yeah. And we start to see that anything is only of worthwhile value, eternal value, when they are built on this rock. Right. So let's talk about marriage, okay? Yeah. So specifically, a lot of people within marriage will say that, oh, their marriage is what it is, right? So it's I'm always amazed at how few people actually work intentionally on their marriage, that they just think... It's going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> We're going to coexist together and try not to kill each other and try not to get a divorce right. and try and to be happy. Sort of be happy together. Right. And I think underneath that idea is the belief that we can't really change. And so in mm-hmm. a way, I would say that's probably true because without God's grace and help, mm-hmm. we're hopeless to mm-hmm. change anything of substance in our life and our marriage. However, okay, and that's a big however, we believe that God is always at work and he mm-hmm. wants to see us grow and mature both as individuals and as a couple both for our good and for his glory. Yeah. So as 2020 ramps up, that's the, that's the assumption is that God's, God's word is our rock. We're going to build on that. We can change. God wants to change and sanctify us. And by the way, our marriage to one another is one of the primary ways that he might go about doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're encouraging you to think about how your marriage can improve to that end, right? Mm-hmm. In the coming months, in the, in the next year. And if you're unsure what that could mean, we're going to give you five specific ways forward. Right? Awesome. Let's right. do it. Let's do it. So here we go. Five, kind of five ways to, um, I don't keep first things first and move on to next things in a wise way. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first things and next things. The first one is, and I love this one is reflect. Okay. I think the best way to look forward oftentimes <laughs> is, is to, to look back. Is to look back. Nice. Is to remember exactly all the things that God has done. Mm-hmm. I think there's many instances in the Bible where God's people are called to remember Every, yeah. His covenant with his people, they're called to remember the, the, his mighty works, right? I think, it, what is it, Psalm, uh, Psalm 106, our fathers, when they, weren't in e- when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea, mm. at the Red Sea. Okay, so, <laughs> rebelled by the sea. What happened to the Red Sea? Do you remember? It parted. Not by itself. God parted Right. <laughs> Sorry. That was a bad description. I was just trying to answer the question. Yeah. Well, God parted you. the Red Sea. Yeah. For, for the, them to cross yes. the Red Sea. And it's saying that they literally rebelled, like they rebelled by the Red Sea. Whether they, <laughs> <laughs> so we're so. We are still like that, right? Absolutely. We see the miracles of God and yet we still want. I see this in our kids so much, especially around the holidays. Mm, yeah. There's yeah. been, you know, we're trying to teach them gratefulness. Oh my word. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you understand this? And I'm like, well, I probably don't understand this. I'm sure God's like, why don't you understand this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. We just want more and more and more. And we forget the, the goodness of God. We forget mm. how he brought us out of enslavement. Right. I, I, the Israelites, if you want to look at, you know, the story of them and, and, with Egypt mm. and how they wanted to go back 
because they had forgotten. Wow. Because they had some lack that they thought that they, the lack was the food, right? They wanted food. Said, they yeah. wanted to be. And it's like, well, you could go back, but you it would cost you your freedom mm-hmm. to have bread, right? And I feel like we're always in that position. I mean, I feel the stress of that decision, the weight of that decision so many times. And I know it sounds terrible, but like, it's like, what's, what's an easy fix here? But usually the easy fix is going to strip you of something that God's like, I want to give you this. I want to grow you in this. Mm. So we are constantly faced with new battles, new, new fire. Right. Mm. But then if we reflect on those old fires, those old moments, other moments that when God faced, he brought us face to face with trials, with frustrations, with hurts, with pain, um, within our marriage. And we, we look back at that and we see how he mended our hearts, how he mended our covenant, how he showed us that when we forgive, we too experience that forgiveness. When we mm-hmm. forgive our spouse for maybe some hurt, some dark things that we have just been holding on to, that we are we can experience freedom in that. It's when we reflect on what he's done is the more we see what he's done, the more we see who he is and the more we can even reflect yeah. who he is. Yeah. Yeah, and and the the key there is we have to be conscious and we have to do it intentionally because we right. are apt to forget. And yeah. worse yet, when we we do forget, we fall into the same patterns and pitfalls. Mm-hmm. We fall into the same traps of uh, discontentment or mm. just forgetting all that the gospel means and all right. that Jesus has done for us and all he's done in our marriage. Right. Right. So here's the thing. So here's the practical application. Number one is to reflect on what God has done. Here's how to do it practically. Take Take, I don't know. An hour. Okay. This is the beginning of the year. I think we can all invest an hour into this. Maybe go on a date. <laughs> Sorry. I just think it's funny. It's just, it seems like, you know. It seems like a big ask. It, it, but it should be. Like, right. It's, should, this should be like well, couple I'm days. Thinking, I mean. I'm thinking, when are we going to have time for this? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking because we have the baby and everything. Um, but I think it's worth figuring out how to make it happen. Put it on the calendar. Just, I think the challenge is between now and the end of January or the next month. If you're mm-hmm. not in January now, then listen between now and the next month, the end of this month, figure it out. Go through each month and recap meaningful moments. Okay. Mm-hmm. So look over the last year, the last 12 months and reference your work or family calendar or whatever you need to do to jar your memory. But look at the struggles and the successes you experienced. Okay. What are those? Uh, what milestones did you pass? Mm. I know for us, I was looking back, we had Louisa mm-hmm. uh, back in October that, I mean, come on, that's, that's un- unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We got to, we got to be chaplains for our local minor league baseball team, the uh, Rainiers, the affiliate of the Mariners. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, look, look how God worked in that. We had over, over half the roster showing up on a weekly basis Yeah, and we were, we're presenting the gospel to them. Uh, what else did we have? I mean, I, I'm just using us as an example, but look at the meaningful milestones that you, oh, that you went your, through. Yeah, look in your community group, mm. too. I and mean, what, yeah, what relationships did you nurture and, right? and how did God work in How have in they those? grown and yeah. how have you, you know, how have they deepened in the word and your understanding of each other's stories and how God has maybe used somebody that you thought had a rough edge and you guys have become great friends. Right. Right. Uh, and other things, look at other significant events that might've happened. If you mm-hmm. had a child that graduated from, you know, yeah, high look school at those big or, life events yeah. for sure. Uh, I, I would say rhythms, uh, routines, rhythms, and rites of passage are yeah. all really important things to, to, for formation, but also looking at how God is working. So you're saying um, to stop and look at your calendar and go through, you know, some of those milestones and the feelings around those, those those times mm-hmm. and what what did God do in those situations? Specifically, remember who God is and how in he, how His character was revealed in those right. situations. Right, and then finally, how did how did each kind of happening impact your marriage? So, yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be a big exhaustive list, but just try, try to find like maybe five key moments and just just so you remember. Okay, mm. God is at work. Look how far He's brought us. Mm. We're not, we're not still in Egypt. He's, we're, he's taking us into the promised land. Mm-hmm. We are his people. He's loving us. He's lovingly shepherding us. Mm-hmm. Remember those things. Okay. It's very encouraging. It bolsters confidence, yeah. I think, in, yeah. in assurance in God yeah. more and more. So um, with character. that, with that in hand, okay, looking at what God had done, now you're starting to look at the present. So you're contextualizing your life. Okay, so this is number two, contextualize your life. And what I mean by that is talk about all that God is doing around the world, okay? Mm. This may seem odd, but we must remember, as believers, we are part of a greater context. God God is at work in your heart, and he's at work in your life, yes, but God is at work in the entire world. Mm. And he's working and moving through his local churches 
is global church everywhere around the world. And when we lift our eyes from our day to day, our kind of in the weeds reality toward a, a bigger picture to a larger picture, it helps us handle our current situations with better perspective and greater wisdom. Right. And I think doing this together, obviously, is the most important thing. Being aware. I mean, we talk, we try to give to missionaries, um, local and abroad, of course, and mm. we try to be aware of the struggles they're facing because, you know, thankfully there's newsletters, there's there's prayer requests that are sent to us, and we are constantly talking about, you know, how can we be praying for, you know, these leaders in this area? How can we be, do we need to give more in this area? What? How, how are our lives serving the global church? Mm. Um, and how are we exposing our children to that in yeah. where they're at, you know, because we're all at different stages and phases. And so how can we, how can we bring to light more of what God's doing in the world, showing our kids that it's not just us, but it's we're a part of the, the, the bigger body. Like, why do yeah. we go to church? Why do we give to missionaries? Why do we, you know, get on board with yeah. co- compassion, world vision, those kinds of things. Mm. What's the whole picture behind that? Because then we're really, we're, we're raising our eyes, right? We're not just looking at our own life and we're, I don't know, that just gives me a big breath of fresh air to know that like, it's not just about me and my house, but it's about, his house, right? And what we're, how yeah. we're contributing and how he's leading mm. us to. It's not just about what I'm building or what yeah. we are building. It's about what God what is building, building. Yeah. and, and how Christ is the centerpiece of that, not me. And we're linking arms with, with, yes. those, with other people, other believers in different parts of the world. And it's, it's beautiful. So it's I don't think, reminding if thing. I'm honest, I don't think we do a great job of doing this. You had mentioned that we do, we do think through some of that stuff. We have some rhythms in place. So we'll talk about rhythms a little bit later. Um, that I kind of keep we, this at the forefront of our minds. Yeah, it's something we can improve on. I definitely talk to the girls about, like, they see the pictures of the kids that we help and mm-hmm. we talk about them and, and right. you know. Right. And I sit on the board. Okay. If, you, if you're wondering how to kind of get a pulse on what God is doing through the global church, through uh, the persecuted church, through the reformers around the world, go to nationsmedia.com. It's just Nations Media. I sit on the board. It's, it's, a, it's a nonprofit. And they create like these magazines, almost like National Geographic magazines, one or two a year. Mm-hmm. Beautifully done. Joel Parker, he's one of a good, he's a good friend of ours. He's the founder and the president. And I, through being on the board, I've gotten to know him really well. Um, but man, it's just amazing to see how God is working in, in Iraq, how mm-hmm. he's working. I mean, despite the presence of Islam and ISIS and all that, how God mm-hmm. is working through the persecuted church and how they're seeing miracles happen. Yeah. And how the, the very persecution that, that we tend to avoid in the West mm. is what is sharpening and enlivening and growing the, the church in those contexts. Mm. Look at how the church is flourishing in China, despite the, the government's efforts to suppress yeah. it. Look at how the church in Hong Kong, the protests that are happening there, mm-hmm. look how the gospel is working. I mean, that's just a, that's just a glimpse. But if, you, if you're trying to stay kind of on the, in, kind of t- what's, what's happening, right. uh, follow nations on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Go to nationsmedia.org, support them. I think we get the magazine, but anyway, that's one of the ways that we kind of keep this on the forefront of our minds. Um, and so I think, uh, just spending a little time thinking about global church missionaries, uh, again, will keep us rooted in right. our God, God, we are we are mm-hmm. small. He is huge. He is working in big ways, and we are just a small part yeah. of how he's working. And if you if you don't do anything outside of you know kind of the local area that you're in, I would I guess I would challenge you to let's let's try to go up a little further. Pray about it, obviously, but yeah. I think that it's so good for us to just see what's going on in in, in God's world and yeah. see how we can how he might lead us to be a part of it either sacrificially and through giving or yeah. prayer um, or bringing our children into like integrating some of what they're learning about God bringing yeah. that to to light in terms of across the world and oftentimes God will bring those opportunities right into through your front door right, right? through right. people that you know mm-hmm. or through close friends of close friends we have a Cameron um, Cameron and Amy, they run a, a nonprofit called Absolute. It's a rehab. It's like a, it's not a half, it's not a halfway house, but it's a, it's a way for people who have suffered addiction mm-hmm. to get not just back on their feet. Okay. It's to, how to get rooted in Christian community and therefore have a, a circum like a full life transformation right. starting right. with the gospel. Right. So, I mean, that's an opportunity to support what God's <laughs> doing globally yeah. right in our back door. Yes. Yes. Like in our backyard, so I should say. So good. So look for those opportunities. They'll make themselves known to you. God will make them known to you. Right. Um, so let's recap real quick. The first thing was reflect on what God has done, specifically taking some time 
looking back at your calendar, going through each month, trying to f- capture maybe five main moments throughout the last year mm-hmm. of how you've seen God work, what he did, how your hearts were changed and touched and making that, writing that down, making that known, making that tangible for you in the, in the coming year. The second one, contextualize your life. So look at the greater context mm-hmm. globally and whatever that means for how God is leading you to do that. Missionaries, nonprofits, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But just don't gloss over it. Look at it and rejoice in it, mm-hmm. and then rejoice in, in your small role in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third one, moving along here, is uh, root your hope in becoming and not doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- what, what I mean by this is talk about what you hope God does in your family in the coming year through, through changing you as people. Mm-hmm. Not just, hey, when can God complete x y and z (laughs) right how how is god forming us into people that glorify him right and this is kind of the inside out change we were talking about versus the outside in really taking the time to i think becoming and and being are they're such freeing words Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i feel so so enslaved by goals and things like that and that's probably partially just my personality um i don't mind working for them but i Mm -hmm. need a breakdown and a plan but like i Becoming and being is so much more of a, a slower, richer, deeper growth and transformation than just kind of changing a few things about my schedule, mm-hmm. right? So the, just to make a clear, that's absolutely true. And then to make a contrast here, the tendency is for us to say, all right, January 1st, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to floss more. Boom, done. Blood, <laughs> Blood everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but we say, oh, I want to run, you know, five miles a week, or I want to do, you know, save this person, whatever that milestone is, mm-hmm. or I'm going to say it, I want to read my Bible more, right? We say, I want to read two chapters a day, or I want to read a chapter yeah. at night, mm-hmm. chapter a day, I want to journal for at least an hour, I want to pray for seven hours a day, and like, whatever <laughs> those, usually the goals are too far reaching is what I'm trying to say. But instead, No, you're not working hard enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that. Very encouraging. Um, they're all great especially reading more of God's word. Obviously that's a good thing, but we tend to focus far too much on what we do and far too little on the kinds of people we're becoming, which is what we're just saying. So Jesus's message was not about, um, it, it, excuse me, it was about becoming people formed in his very mm-hmm. image. So like James, all right. So does that mean we never do? I'm looking at James, all right. So James says the fruit in our life always indicates the root in our life. Right. He said faith without works is dead. Right. James okay. too. People love to use that verse and say, oh, you have to do works in order to get the faith or right. in order to Your be saved. Your faith without works is dead, right? And He's saying that if you have a tree yeah. that bears no fruit, that tree is dead. Hmm. If you are that tree, you bear no fruit, you are dead. <laughs> Your faith is dead. Right. So don't, don't basically don't be delusional into thinking that, yes, you're a Christian. If you are, if you call yourself a Christian and there's no fruit of the spirit, there's no fruit of discipleship and evangelism. There's no fruit in the things of God, understanding and growing mm. in your relationship with God. Then y- you may need to make sure that you're actually believing the gospel. Right. You actually are, are beholding all it means to be saved by God's grace. And Jesus talked about this. I can't remember where, but he's talking about, um, you know, he who forgives much loves he much. Who is, right. He, he who, who is, is forgiven little loves little. Right. That's what Jesus was talking about. He's saying, if you don't fully grasp all that I've done, the God man coming down. How much I've forgiven. Yeah. Then you'll never bear the fruit you so desperately want. Right. And that you're going to, it's like you're going to staple fruit onto your branches and it's going to rot and it's not going to last and you're going to grow tired and weary in doing that. I think it's recognizing too that we are, we are the ones that are forgiven much. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we just say, oh, I'm this person or I'm sometimes even I struggled. Like, I feel like, God, I don't have this big grand testimony of like, I really messed up and I didn't trust you. And, you know, I just, I -hmm. don't feel like I have a lot to bring to the table. And God's like, I have forgiven you so much. Like, look and see, look and see what I've forgiven you of. And sometimes like, I don't know. And God's like, it's okay. I'm going to show you, you know, like we've been given so much grace in our lives. We deserve nothing. And he's given us everything, Right. you know, the, the, the little things, there's so much to be thankful for. I think just, if you look at your own life, where you came from, your family of origin and how God can even turn the heartache and the bad into good. Like nothing is ever wasted in our lives. Nothing is ever wasted in God's, in God's kingdom. Um, and just, personally saying like my word for 2020 is, is beholding. 
um, because I've been really convicted of that because I think there's, mm. there's a book out by Ruth Chow, uh, Simmons that she's written, uh, it's called beholding and becoming, uh, maybe it's becoming beholding and becoming because what you behold, you become right. And yeah. what you behold mm. is, is a source of your joy and your, your strength and all of those things. And so, but before I even read anything, anything from her, it was beholding and God used kind of those words to affirm uh, what that word would be moving forward. And, cause I, because I think I've been beholding the wrong things. I haven't been beholding him or his word or the gospel in ways that right. I know that I can. Mm. And when that starts to happen, I think in my, when, when I'm rooting, you know, who I am in who God is, the, the, the doing starts flowing out of that. I don't want to mm. be doing to, to become, I want to become so that the doing starts to happen. Is that clear? I think so. I think so. Um, the doing flows out of becoming. Right. And so I guess this number three, the rooting your hope in becoming and not doing is basically a reminder to say, look to Christ, let, mm. let your goals be Christ oriented in that you are looking to him and putting your hope in him and the person he will turn you into. Mm. And so you said your, your words kind of are beholding and becoming mine is just simply faithfulness. Mm. What does it mean to be faithful? Like faithful with God, with what God has put in my hands to care for, Mm -hmm. starting with my family and in some ways my own heart in Mm. in that giving it to, to, to God, allowing him to, allowing him to become and not just, yeah. Yeah. And, and not, not just being so busy that I'm not actually daily just repenting and believing and giving my heart to him and saying, help me believe, help me believe, help me trust, but also caring, being faithful with how I care for you, care for our daughters, care mm. for this podcast, care how I care for, for sure. everything in, you know, our car, <laughs> like it's like getting the oil changed. <laughs> so there's a, there's, I'm getting silly, but it's hard to but adult being, sometimes. <laughs> adulting is hard. Uh, faithfulness. Okay. Yeah. But then the second part of that is being filled with faith, meaning that trusting that God will do only what he can do. And in that he will transform my heart, but he will also transform my desires mm. and I can delight in not only him, but what the things he does because they glorify him. Yeah. Okay. So this is a call again to just root your hope in becoming and and therefore you fix your eyes on Jesus behold him Mm. okay and this is where it gets really tricky and so that was number three number four is now okay make plans act wisely remain teachable so we just said don't do we said become the thing is, is we have already become, if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. Mm-hmm. Your identity is secure before God. You have been called a son or a daughter of the living God, the living King. Mm. And that is a foregone conclusion. It's conclusion. It's done. Right. But our tendency, I think, is to uh, flip that upside down. But from that, now we can say, okay, given my identity in Christ, I can now act I can, I can make plans, I can act wisely, and I can remain teachable. In, in other words, I'm trusting God to use, by his grace, to use whatever whatever uh, things I have in my care mm-hmm. for his glory. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start making plans with a very open hand, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where they get, this would get really tangible. Um, but basically, the, what I want to focus in on is the actual teachable part of it. Mm. So there's a quote from a book, it's called How to Re- Read Proverbs, and it came from, um, so I follow this account on, on Instagram. He's actually a, a Patreon supporter. Um, his name's Walter, but he has an account, WTS Reads, and it's amazing because he goes through these incredible books, and he gives little, really beautiful pictures, and then he will talk about what's in the book. And then if you're oh, interested, man. you can go pick up the book. That sounds like... Um... It sounds like a money pit. Exactly for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that sounds amazing. Bye. No, but Bye that book. Go, go, go ahead and follow. So WTS reads, uh, it's on Instagram. He's an awesome, awesome account to follow. But he said, he quoted from this book called How to Read Proverbs. The difference between a simple-minded or a young, immature uh, person and the fool um, or the mocker may be summed up in one word, teachability. Mm. So the difference between the simple-minded and the fool or the mocker may be summed up in one word, teachability. Right? So if we're not teachable... We're, we're fools, mm. right? And so what does it look like to be teachable? All right, look to Proverbs again. Proverbs 19. Listen to advice. Excuse me, 19, 20, and 21. Uh, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in mm. the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Mm. Okay, so this is not an excuse to just ignore making plans. Mm-hmm. It's saying, like, make the plans, but as you look to and listen to for advice and accept that instruction again you have to qualify it it can't be instruction from just any voice anywhere they have to be people that are god-fearing god-loving and they love you right that's that's when the purposes of the lord are going to begin to like basically stand out and they're going to be able to stand the test of Mm. of that 
of that scrutiny, mm -hmm. right? And that's where if we're teachable, we can hear those goals and, or we can hear those, that instruction and let that inform our goals, mm -hmm. right? So if you go to someone and say, hey, my goal is to build my business, all right, just theoretically speaking, to this X number of, you know, whatever revenue, whatever customers, whatever that metric is, mm -hmm. and you have a mentor in your life that says, listen, I've been in business for 30 years. The things you're talking about are going to mean that you're at the office for 60 or 70 hours a week. Mm. That's going to hurt your family. Is that what you really want? By the way, I don't think you should want that. <laughs> okay. If you're humble, mm -hmm. you're going to say, you're going to at least hear that and say, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm miscalculating what these goals are going to mean. Right. Either the goal has to shift or I'm going to disregard this advice. Mm. What is a, what is a teachable person going to do? Mm. Teachability means that you acknowledge you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Man, that's hard. To that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. Because pride's in, involved. Well, we live a culture where everybody's an expert, right? Yeah. If you have a Twitter handle and more than 300 followers, you should have an opinion on everything and everyone should value your opinion. Hello, pride. But the bottom line is that we are not experts in everything. Mm -mm. There are people that know more than us. And if that's we, a good thing. If we, yes. And if we understand that, we can humbly and gratefully take advice and let it actually inform us. And what does the Bible promise? Listen to the advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Gaining. You don't have it yet. Mm. Get wisdom. You need to get it. When? Not today. Not now. But in the future. Gosh. And the cool thing about wisdom is I feel like it just sticks into you. It sticks mm. by you. It goes yeah. with you from then on. It's not like this thing you forget <laughs> because yeah. it's a well-learned lesson and it's it's saved you probably a lot of heartache. And it's led you down a brighter path. Mm. And I don't know. Wisdom is just one of those things. It's not a, it's not a little piece of advice that you just kind of put in your pocket. It's like, yep, nope, know this forever and ever and not going to ever forget it. Yeah. God's yeah. good like that. So I'll just use it for instance. In the next uh, year, by God's grace, we hope to do a number of different things within the Fierce Marriage community, different uh, initiatives that will require more time. Mm -hmm. I have created what I will call um, goals in a box. All right, I haven't told you about this. No. Yep. It just gets turned out for the first time. <laughs> uh, basically, it's a list of things that I kind of hope will happen. All right. But I'm not going to look at it for the rest of the year. I'm going to say, this is what I'm hoping for. Mm. I'm going to take that and I'm going to fold it up. I'm going to lock it away in a box and I'm going to look at it at the end of this year mm. and see, okay, what has God done? Has he done the And And I'm, I'm just going to be okay with whatever the result is because... What I, what I want, what I'm hoping God will help me do and what I hope to do is to focus more on, uh, uh, what is it? Character driven goals, right? Gotcha. So that will create the fertile ground for everything else to flourish, right? Mm. So if I focus on little rhythms, little habits, little, little things that I can tweak, like getting up at a time that's not lazy, but a time that's good stewardship right? or focusing little... less on what, but more on who will yeah. I become if I do X and Y. I think I think those bigger goals will take care of themselves. So little meaning daily and weekly kind of things. Yes, yeah, like little habits. Right. Little, I would call them. Like, there's a book out called Atomic Habits. He talks about how these like are little building blocks. Yeah, for sure. And it's good stuff. Yeah. That's why I'm detail oriented over here. I know the little one. The little things will create the big things. But if you don't, if you're not aware of the big things, then you can't really <laughs> determine those little things. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. If you yeah. right, it's that whole that whole being versus mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. So the, oh. Go ahead. No, I was just going to go number five, but I think you're still on number four. Well, no, I, I mean, the, the fifth one is consider creating rhythms in or removing clutter from daily life based on those little character driven goals. So okay? good. So uh, the people we become as a result of the rhythms we welcome mm. is what I wrote down there. Mm -hmm. So what, what do I mean by that? Um, another, this? another, for instance, uh -huh, right? okay. I'm talking a lot, so bear with me. <laughs> uh, a couple, a couple years ago, I got into going to the gym with a good friend, um, it was some of the best years of my workout life. I'm just <laughs> going to be honest. workout life. Because we got to hang out. We worked out harder than I've ever worked out in my life. I got stronger than I've ever gotten in my life. Like those little, that little decision mm -hmm. and that rhythm was welcome in my life. And it was a great, it was more than just lifting. It was relationship. It was, uh, I've lost all of whatever gains I got, by the way. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, we're getting old. It's happening, Freddie. <laughs> it's happening. Um, and so that little rhythm changed me. And when I was in high school, I said, I'm going to read, no matter what, I'm going to read my Bible every day and I'm going to, I'm not going to compromise on it. What a spiritual high school you were. Well, it was, God was working in my heart no, I and know. it was, it was, I don't mean tease you. but I never grew so much in my entire life because I just got this hunger for, it's like you get this, it's, it's this momentous hunger that mm -hmm. just grows in you as you create rhythms right. that are God honoring and God focused. And God meets you there mm -hmm. too. Like that's, it's so, 
It's oh, not man. just I'm going to go do this and, and on my own. God's like, he shows up big time. And that is just more encouraging, right? You just see... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say see results, but if you're if you're exercising, then you're gonna you're gonna see results. Like God created that mm-hmm. cycle. So the more we meet with Him, the more we see of Him. There was a quote. Where did I read that? I think it was in Ruth Chow Simmons' book. It's like the more you, it's a Spurgeon quote. Like the more you see see God, the more He is seen in you, kind of thing. Hmm. That sounds like something Spurgeon would say. Yeah, sounds smart. So for marriage, okay, I, I want to root this in marriage. So how the people we become. I think is is a, a result of the rhythms we welcome mm-hmm. in your marriage. What rhythms are you welcoming? Yeah. Okay. And so, are you welcoming them together, or is mm-hmm. it like one on one? Because I mean, or individually, like if you're working on some sort of thing and I'm working on some sort of thing, but we're not really coming together on it. There are those things. Don't get me wrong. There's things that we're individually right. working on, right? right? And God is building and changing and transforming in us. But what are those things that we are working on together? Where? How are we? Right keeping those first things first in unity. Yep. I, I mean, at a foundational and level. And a lot of couples don't get to work together. They, I mean, they, well, may I'm be not taking like work, like work, work. I'm just oh, saying okay. generally gotcha. speaking Sorry. in our marriage, in our life together. Okay. How are we working together in unity? How are we on the same page with these rhythms and the mm. end goals? And how are we yeah. like helping each other become the person that God wants us to become? So specifically, what what could that look like? What are those rhythms that we could welcome together? Reading our Bible together, praying together. Or just separately and discussing it together. Absolutely. Uh, how can we define that? How can we, how can that together, quote unquote, be? Well, you're in agreement on it. You're not physically together, but you're doing it right. side by side right. and saying, uh, I'm going to ask you what you read. You ask me what, what I read. We talk about that together and it becomes a means of our spiritual development. Maybe it's part of our date night, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of that, that's another rhythm that I think is very important. Mm-hmm. It's 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 so, so, it's so cliche to say, hey, go on a date. You know what? Dates are more than just having a fancy meal. It's about connecting relationally, yeah. consistently, in, enlivening your friendship, mm-hmm. creating new experiences together. Having time for that romance. I think we had a big mm. old fight about that last week. Oh boy, did we. Had on we... Christmas Eve. That was great. Yep. I was crying. Emmanuel, was... <laughs> God is with us. <laughs> he was though. He was with us, and we worked it out. And God helped us. You know, his, yeah. Lots his... of shouting. We shouted, and the not Lord. in front of the kids. We put him in the car first because <laughs> well, we, we were, were on our go. way out the door. We were going to go, and I was like, and... I don't want to go to our family's house and be mad at each other and acting like we're not mad at each other. So we're going to finish this now. And you're like, we gotta go. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> we laugh now. It wasn't. It was. It was hot for us because Woo! we don't yeah. usually get hot and steamy like that. <laughs> That's Ooh. probably not the right words. Wow. We don't get uh, super frustrated like that very often. You but keep, I think things yeah. had kind of built up, and there were some underlying things that we kind of needed to air out a bit. And God was good and, and brought us back together. Mm. And you know, there was some tears and there was some heartache. But you got to walk through the fire sometimes. That's the only oh, way you sure. get sanctified and reminded of who God is and what he's doing in your life. So, uh, speaking of hot and steamy, um, <laughs> having rhythms for your intimate life together. <laughs> there you go. Look at that transition. It's really important to do. Uh, talk through what frequencies make sense to stay connected with talk each other. Talk about expectations. Guys, yes. we got lots of episodes on sex. Just go look at them. Well, not as <laughs> many as other them. podcasts, but we We're do talk about it. We're not a sex podcast, though. That's the we, thing. Well... We're a marriage podcast. It's true. Sex is part of marriage. It's it an important part, but it's not the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I would just say, look at rhythms for how you can operate in your day-to-day life as a, as a married couple in agreement, mm. helping and serving each other. So, so things good. like chores, things like helping with the kids, things like, you know, giving each other time to kind of decompress if that's what you need. Right. Um, or if you need to go out and climb a mountain, you know. Yeah. For a while, I was doing uh, most of the kitchen work just because I knew that was a way how to serve you. dare you. you. <laughs> Well, Just I mean, kidding. I was making meals and, and trying to. It was the up. best days of my life, people. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> it was just two weeks ago, no. <laughs> and you know that'll shift. And I'd remind we reminded ourselves today that even though our I house, had to remind, <laughs> I what had were to, you going to say? I, I had to remind you. <laughs> just say it. I was like, hey, just because I'm up in the office <laughs> working doesn't mean that we're not a team. I know. I don't, but you wanted my help in other more tangible ways. <laughs> um, so think through rhythms and how you can serve each other. <laughs> around the house so that whatever that pain point is, talk about it. Whatever causes the most fights in your marriage, talk about it and create rhythms that will, will change, will more inform who you are becoming. All right. I want to finish with this verse 
Proverbs 6, 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Okay, think of an ant. And notice how it's a her, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just and saying. You said it. The Bible is not misogynistic. I'm going to say that. Like, I think women get a lot of credit. That is very much deserved. But go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider, consider her ways and be wise. Okay, she, an ant is... It, it works consistently daily, small grain of sand at a time, you know, a little leaf at a time. And it builds what a massive network of tunnels in this massive anthill. Okay. And so there's something to be said for the small things that, mm. that transform the outcomes of our life. Right. Well, the faithfulness there, right. And the faithfulness of, of, of like tending to small things. It's well. not fun bringing that rock every day mm-hmm. all the time. Right. No, it's not always joyful. For the ant it is. That's the thing is it's, that's what it, it's doing what it was created to do. In our case, yeah. as, as people of Christ. We're I guess that's what I'm saying. If you're not joyful in it, way. don't abandon it. Like, sure. Remember some that days, this yeah. is one way that we're serving God and that should bring some joy, hopefully, yeah. to our hearts. All righty. All right. So I'm going to recap the five things real fast. Hopefully, real fast. The, Hopefully this has been helpful for you all. But the first one is start here. Reflect on what God has done. The second one is root your hope in becoming, not doing. I recognize it. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the third one. The second one is contextualize your life. Talk about what God's doing around the world. The third one is root your hope in becoming and not doing. The fourth one is make plans, act wisely, but remain teachable. In other Mm. words, hold your plans with an open hand and trust that God will work. The fifth one is consider creating rhythms in or removing clutter from rhythmatically. I mean, your daily life. So So look at areas that maybe aren't bearing fruit and uh, make transform them into ways and rhythms that can bear fruit in your heart that's and so in your good. life. I think that's right. the, those are the challenge. Just go through those five things and do them. Yeah. Take an hour, a couple hours, go for, go out for a nice seafood dinner <laughs> 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 or Italian or Mexican, whatever your thing is. Uh, let your wife get uh, cheeseburger cheese on her hamburger. That's one of our jokes. <laughs> I always say Selena this year for your birthday, I'm letting you get, letting you get cheese on your burger. <laughs> You're so funny. That's been since we were like in high school, I think. It is. I think my dad said it at one point and it just, I never let it go. It's like <laughs> the first dad joke of our relationship. It's not that good either. I gave uh, it like a D. But we laugh at it. Uh, it gets a little chuckle. It gets a laugh like half the time. <laughs> anyway, uh, Selena, you want to pray, pray us out? Oh, sure. Thank you. God, thank you so much for who you are, for the words that you've given us, the instruction and the authority that you've given us. Uh, to live by, to embrace, and to build our house on. God, help us to build our house on your rock every day. Help us to be, help us to listen, to not give in to the pressure and the weight of feeling like we're not doing enough, God, but to rest in who you've created us to be, to rest in the rhythms that you've given us. Help us Mm -hmm. to see those. Help us to keep those first things first, meaning you. Help us to keep you first, your word, your kingdom, God. Uh, in our marriage, in our relationships, uh, in our families. We love you, God, in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. This episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We hope uh, it's helped you grow. If you feel compelled to partner with us, please do, please do so uh, by praying first. If the Lord leads you, mm. uh, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. You can join us there. $2 a month on up. Everything helps. Keeps us ad-free. Keeps this content coming. And uh, we will do our best to be faithful in mm. it and to it um, for God's glory, for yeah. your good. So anyway, thank you again for joining us. We will see you in about seven days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.